I was emotional, I was sick, and just literally just crazy, just so full of toxicity. And so I'm extremely weak, I'm not urinating anymore. Everything gets processed through your kidneys. When your kidneys aren't working, nothing's happening. Man, we didn't know just what we were about to, what we were about to enter into. Whereas most couples spend their first year getting used to living together, the Hudson's first year was spent dealing with Raquel's autoimmune disease, known as lupus. As the years would go by, lupus would turn into kidney failure, which in turn would become a failing heart. This is the story of how one young couple renewed their mind in the Word through Andrew's teachings and stood against every attack of the enemy. This is the healing journey of Raquel Hudson. So they put me on hemodialysis. It was because my kidneys were shutting down. What it essentially was for me and what it looked like for me was that all these markings here are where they would stick me with the needles. They would pluck me with the needles and they'd stick a needle in here and this would take the, the, the blood out of my body and go through the machine. The machine would clean it and would come back in through here. But this was my life for six, seven years. That was hard. I was hard to watch my wife go through that because there were times where she couldn't just a spoonful of food. She would throw that up and I was just literally watching my wife just wither away. After trying a cleanse to rid her body of toxins, Raquel broke out in lesions across her entire face. Wanting to help his wife remember her identity in Christ, Herman covered up and posted scriptures on all the mirrors in their house. When you're going through something like that, it is really about yourself. It's about you. It's traumatic for you. And to have a husband who's going to come alongside and say, no, I see you as God sees you, and you're going to have to see you as God sees you. My wife is beautiful on the inside and on the outside. And while she was going through all these different physical changes, you know, the devil was busy. It was when he would go to work a lot of times that I would find myself incapacitated, couldn't move, just kind of on the couch, and I would begin to reflect. And there were times that, yes, I did in fact think to myself, is he going to leave me? I could be at Chipotle or any sandwich place or something, and, and I'm just sitting down having a sandwich, and I, I'd see a young lady eating a sandwich, and the thought would just run by my mind, like, man, wouldn't it be nice to be with her, she could eat a sandwich. But I knew enough to know that life is gonna be one up here. And I knew that I could not afford to allow one thought to go unanswered. Every time I heard just that temptation cross my mind or that thought go through my mind, I spoke, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. And I spoke that a thousand times. I don't know how many times I said it. And you know what? It preserved me. Of course, this wasn't their only issue. Because Raquel's immune system was so weak, her body couldn't fight off infection, and she ended up with one of the worst cases of shingles doctors had ever seen, as well as a cold sore that took over her entire mouth. Raquel also began to have hip trouble, a side effect from years of steroids eating away at her bones. This would only lead to more problems as Raquel's heart began to fail. Even if she uh, you know, wanted to get a hip replacement, she couldn't because her heart wasn't strong enough. If there was a, a kidney transplant, 
she couldn't because her heart wasn't strong enough. So now the doctors are talking about my 30-year-old wife having a heart transplant. Here we are still not having answers, still not knowing what to do, still believing that you know, the doctors are trying to help, but they're failing miserably, and we just didn't know what to do either. Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that folks... Herman had started watching Andrew Womack, and what happened was my dad had started taking notice of him and listening to him. He told my mother, my mother told me, and I told Herman. Herman wasn't all that thrilled about listening to Andrew in the very beginning. I thought Andrew was like a Mormon or something like that, and I was like, he, he doesn't have anything that I need to listen to, and you know, it's, it's so funny looking back at that moment because I had no idea that my answers were coming out of this guy's mouth. Instead of begging God to please do something, you would say, thank you, Father, that you've done it. And now, Satan, I command you to get off my body, to get off my finances, to get off my relationships, and you would start releasing this power. And I remember the first time watching his show, and I couldn't stop. I mean, I went online, and I was just watching program after program, and it was like all these little things, these little questions, it just seemed like all the dots were being connected. While I was online, you know, I was watching actually some of the Healing Journey videos, and there was one that really stood out, and it was about Nikki Ochinsky, and man, to see what she was going through. Some of those things were exactly what my wife was going through, and I was like, if she can do it, we can do it. We didn't realize it, but things were shifting in our lives. We may not have seen it just from any kind of manifestation in her physical body, but the shit turned. Wanting to get his wife into an environment of faith, Herman and Raquel made the move to Colorado, where they began classes at Karis Bible College. You know, when Andrew talks about effortless change, the word was effortlessly changing our situation. But it was a journey. Everything didn't quite work out cookie cutter like you would like to think when you when you follow what the Lord is, is telling you to do. But we knew we were receiving life. But at the end of that semester, we just couldn't do it. She was back and forth to the hospital even while we were in school. And we just had to stop. We had to take a break. But we never took a break from the revelation that God had already paid the price for her healing. We stayed close to the life. We stayed close to the truth. And even though we, were, we weren't in school or anything, we were always plugged in, in in some capacity. People ask me sometimes, you know, well, was it just this moment? Was it just this miraculous, you know, what was the moment that everything changed? Well, you know what, for us, it was an effortless change. Just because you begin to start hearing something, it's not like necessarily everything has been uprooted or has been changed in your thinking. During this process of renewing her mind, Raquel visited a cardiologist who explained that her heart was failing due to her not eating for years. Ready to put action to her faith, Raquel stood on the teachings of You've Already Got It and began acting as though she was already healed. And I just decided, I just said, Lord, in Jesus' name, I'm gonna eat. Now that my wife hasn't had anything really to eat in eight, nine years, but she started consistently eating for three straight months. I went back to see the doctor three months later and he was astounded. And he runs his tests and her heart is healed. Her heart is normal. And he said, 
what happened? And I said, God healed my heart. And he said, well, I cannot disagree with you because what I gave you, I know I didn't have anything to do with it. What I gave you did not accomplish this result. Raquel's heart was healed, and after years of dialysis treatments, she was now ready to receive her new kidney and had one of the most successful transplants doctors had ever seen. Today, Raquel is completely healed, and together they share their testimony as young adult pastors of Caris Christian Center, where they teach young people how to effectively stand against the attacks of the enemy. We were under attack, and there's so many relationships that would have fizzled out and burned a long time ago, and here, here we were in the midst of this thing, still growing in love with each other. We're able to touch others. We're able to be an example to others. We're able to let our light shine, all because of what we learned here at Karis Bible College. What started out as a desperate journey to find hope had its finish as both Herman and Raquel graduated Karis Bible College together with the class of 2017. Raquel It means so much to me to see my daughter graduate today. She's been through so much, but God has brought her through. That's why she sings every praise unto our God. And years ago, the doctors told us that she would not live through the night, but God, but God and His Word. So where are we going from now? We're just holding on just with anticipation to see what He's going to do next. Getting a revelation of these foundational truths affects every area of your life. It's not just one particular thing. And every area in our life has been turned right side up. I don't even recall those moments when we were up late at night and, and crying and carrying her to the bed and from her health to our finances. I mean, every aspect of our lives has been nothing but phenomenal since we came out here and sat under these revelations that Andrew's been talking about since the 70s. As partners with Andrew Womack Ministries, you are a part of transforming lives like Raquel's through the free teachings you make available. It is because of your partnership that Raquel is living her life strong and more free than ever before. I'm really alive because of your partnership, because of you coming alongside Andrew and helping him to get this message of the gospel of grace out. All I can say is thank you to him. I mean, you saved our lives. We don't have to strive and strain to get something to produce. The Word is the incorruptible seed. And the thing is, it can't fail. So if you just plant that Word in your heart, it's going to grow. He's already done it. Have you ever prayed against a sickness only to see it get worse? Have you ever thought you might be fighting this disease because you don't know enough scripture? Greg Moore knew the believer's authority so well that he taught it every day. As a minister of Andrew Womack Ministries, Greg shared Andrew's heart on healing the sick and raising the dead to the point that he wrote his own book titled Your Healing Door. Yet none of this seemed to matter when, out of nowhere, an incessant pain overtook him while he was celebrating his wedding anniversary in Florida. He really turned white. He got real hot. He was shaking uncontrollably. He said he could hardly walk. And so we went to the ER and thought that I had food poisoning. But they ran tests, they ran several tests, did a CAT scan, and found that I had pneumonia. They also said I had sepsis. A real sweet young nurse came to me and she got nose to nose to me and she said, ma'am, you do not understand how serious your husband is. And they said, well, Mr. Moore, you're a very sick man. 
And then they started telling me about how people younger than me had died of the same thing just a few days ago. We had people all over the world praying for us. And, you know, I was in and out. So it was, this was not a time when I, I was really, I really felt strong. Greg's daughter, Michelle, called Dannon Winters, the director of Karis Jacksonville, and asked him if he could pray for her mom and dad. Dannon immediately grabbed two friends and drove an hour and a half to Greg's hospital, where they joined Janice in prayer. And Janice said when they walked in, it was like she saw Jesus walk in the room. I heard Jesus speak to me in my heart, and he said, wherever two or three are gathered together, in my name, there I am in the midst of them to carry out what they agree together on. We began to look at the monitors and they began to go normal. I started improving pretty dramatically. So the next day is when the doctor came in and he said, you're not even the same person. What happened to you? Just two days later, Greg was released from the hospital and returned home with his wife. Although a battle against one of the top 10 causes of death in the U.S. was not what they had in mind when they planned a romantic wedding anniversary, Greg and Janice embraced their story as another testament of God's unfailing promises. You know, God has given to you and me patience. Patience is not an enemy. Patience is your friend, and the devil doesn't have it. And what that means is you and I have outlast, we, we can outlast the devil. So I just want to, want to encourage people, just because you preach and teach the Word, uh, that doesn't mean you won't ever face opposition, but hey, we've got a wonderful Savior and a wonderful healer, and healing is, always belongs to you. The healing journey of Hannah Teredes begins with a terrible disease called eosinophilic enteropathy. It also begins with the journey of an Andrew Womack teaching tape sent to England in 1990. This tape was lost until February 2006, when suddenly it became the key to a whole new life for one very sick little girl. This is Hannah's story. Right from day one, we knew that Hannah was going to be special. Um, but she wasn't feeding. She'd take maybe a couple of sucks of her formula and then she would just not be interested. Or she'd drink any, she'd then vomit it straight back up again. She'd be constantly waking at night time. She wouldn't settle. And then when she did go to sleep, she'd be waking up, just screwing her legs up in pain. And then out would come all the formula that she'd drunk during the day. And we realised Hannah was ill. And we realised she was seriously ill. She was a funny colour. And I didn't say anything to Carly at the time, but I felt uneasy about what she looked like. She used to wake up in the night absolutely screaming in pain, and people would say, well, that's just colic. As grandparents, we were quite worried about her. When we used to babysit her, um, she used to wake up with, with terrific pains. We didn't know what to do. And just to see her suffer the way she was at the time, it was heartbreaking. And then when it came to weaning her, she couldn't swallow lumps at all. So we'd have to mash her food down. Um, and this was even when she was like uh, three years old. What is this problem, you know? And, and Carly said to me, you know, it's like they don't know enough about this. This is Hannah's personal child health record. In it is recorded her weight and height for her age. 
11 days is the first marking there. This red line in the center here would be what an average child should weigh and this red area at the top and at the bottom is like a danger zone. So if the, if the marks fall within those lines then there's a severe problem. Um, as you can see from Hannah's little marks down here, she never quite made it onto the graph and at the age of about three and a half she was about the same size as a nine month old baby. Some people were telling me that um, you know, God wanted a healer but sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. I was, I was getting all different types of advice, um, some extreme. Some advice was saying, well, maybe you've done something, maybe this is judgment on you. A lot of religious teaching to say that, that God takes um, lives away and, you know, maybe God wants you in heaven more than, he, more than on earth and, and things like that. So eventually, um, we'd had all kind of tests done at the local hospital. They referred us to a, a specialist children's hospital in London and they put a camera down her throat when she was under anaesthetic and they took some biopsies. And when the biopsies came back, they said that she had a really rare autoimmune disease called eosinophilic enteropathy. On one hand, it's an allergic type reaction. And then on the other hand, she had another part of the disease which was autoimmune based. So her immune system would go into overdrive. Whenever she, she ate something, it would go into overdrive, thinking it was like some sort of foreign invader and attack it. She started um, deteriorating. She was always very, very small. But now she started losing weight um, and her hair was getting brittle and her, her skin started going like translucent and she lost energy. She was toilet trained and she lost that and she couldn't really play properly. She just deteriorated. And I suppose the last six months um, was the worst. She, she really went downhill and they tried several different um, extreme methods to feed her. The last one was they went to the, the tube directly into her stomach. Actually, we were taking... Um the boys up to my mum's, she lived a few hours away, she was going to look after them while Hannah went to have her operation to have her tube fitted into her stomach. But they'd got a car that didn't have um, a CD deck in it, only had a tape deck. And she said, Ashley said to me, have you got anything, any resources in your drawer that I could borrow? So I dug some stuff out and I said, well, I've got some real oldie stuff, if you want it, right at the back of the drawer. I said, I don't know if you want to listen to it, though. I said, because your father-in-law got fed up with the accent on this tape that he wouldn't listen to it anymore. And we put it in, and, and this, uh, this like, squeaky American accent came out. <laughs> and um, it was Andrew's tape, Your New Identity in Christ. And when we listened to that tape, it was like all these scriptures just opened up to us. And when I read it for myself, like Psalm 103 and, and, and 1 Peter 2.24, just all them things, by his stripes you were healed. You know, he's the Lord. He, he heals all our diseases, redeems us from the curse. All these things. Sickness was a curse that we'd been redeemed from. All these truths just came flooding out. And it's like that one tape just opened the whole world up to us. God gave us revelation after revelation of, of the true nature of, of his nature, of, of um, who we were in him, of his will about healing. And um, I went home and went on the internet and downloaded lots and lots of teaching, God Wants You Well series, all free from Andrew's website, and listened to them over and over. And Ashley would download all these teachings onto my MP3 player and I'd, I'd be laying in the hospital bed next to Hannah kind of getting this revelation like, are you listening to this Hannah? <laughs> you know, God wants you well, you've been healed and we just got to receive it. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, I tried sharing this with, with other people, but they just, they were just kind of didn't really get it. And they were just like, yeah, but you've you got to be careful because what about those people that, what, that aren't healed? You know, you look around you and not everyone is healed. So how can you say that it's a simple thing? I'm like, 
Yeah, but it is a simple thing. I know the problem isn't with God. And this was a major breakthrough for us because we started to have confidence in the fact that God's will was to heal our daughter. And this coincided with they, they put the tube in her to feed her. This is a, a special medical formula. Um, it's very, very expensive. It's about £90 a tin at the time when Hannah was using it. It's hypoallergenic, it's just amino acids. Basically, she had this because her body couldn't accept any protein, so the idea is that it would trick the body into thinking that it wasn't accepting a protein so that she'd be able to absorb the nutrition and grow. This was the pump that would pump the formula through the tube and into her stomach. The pump would be strapped into these straps here. So most of the time, we would slot this bag into a little children's trolley, like a, like a pull-along suitcase on wheels. She was so good with this pack in the back. She used to, I remember she used to carry along, sometimes dragging in the floor, you know. I can just see an air, you know, um, very, very fragile, um, but she still have, well, she's a, she's a lovely, lovable child. Um, so this wasn't treatment, this wasn't going to make her better, but this was going to sustain her. At least she might start putting on weight. So when we first took her home, it was starting to work. Um, but then, um, about two days later, I think we took her home on the Friday, by the Sunday, um, she was vomiting again and she was reacting to it and she was going downhill again and it was clear that it wasn't working. We've been listening to all these teachings and uh, we just knew that the crunch time was coming, that, that somehow this had to happen, this healing had to happen soon because she was running out of time. At Andrew's teaching, he was the only man I'd heard who was confident that God wanted my daughter healed. No one else I talked to had that confidence. They were all maybe. So, but Andrew said, God wants your daughter well, you know, on his tapes. So I, I wondered if I could, I could meet him. So I went on the internet and um, I looked on his schedule and it had one conference in the UK. It said the 16th of March. The conference was the next day. And I mean, that, that blows me away. That, that's just God is so, so good. So um, we, we, we put her straight in the car, we drove up to, uh, to Walsall where the, uh, where the conference was. You can't take your baby out of hospital and take your children out of school and just go to the middle of nowhere to see someone you've never heard, that no one's ever heard of, that we knew of anyway. <laughs> and um, to this conference, it's, it's irresponsible, you know? But, we, but just, it was inside, it's like, no, God put everything in place. And, and we, at that point, we were gonna go for this. My faith at the time was, if only I could get um, Andrew to pray for her and it wasn't that I was putting my faith in the man I was putting my faith in God I know that but he was the only man who believed it enough and I wanted to go and see him so he, he could you know he could pray for her and I knew it was going to be the Lord that's healed her. When we first got there it was a real struggle because Hannah was particularly sick she would just lay at our feet in the conference on the floor attached to her feeding tube and she had a little DVD player with headphones until she'd got just too uncomfortable. So we was going up to the conference in the view of getting Andrew to pray for her. The opportunity never arose. After each session, there was always a ministry time where Andrew would get the students to pray for people. And every time we tried to go forward with Hannah to get her prayed for, something would happen. And we never got to get out the front. But she was in so much pain, um, she wouldn't stop screaming, she wouldn't stop crying. We couldn't comfort her. She was rolling around on the floor in pain. Now, a lot of the other parents thought, She's having a tantrum and, and we were looked on a bit as, you know, get, get control of her, but there was nothing we could do to console her. We tried everything. We went in the crash room to get away from the auditorium to be a bit quieter. This was the last day now. Um, she hadn't been prayed for. She was getting worse and um, I was getting mixed up emotions and, and part of me was feeling um, 
just just despair and, and I was feeling um, at the end of myself, if you like, with this. And I was thinking, if this doesn't work, then, you know, there's, this, is, this was my last resort, if you like. And, um, and I, I, I didn't give up on God, but I was thinking, maybe we've gone too far, maybe this isn't going to work. We knew that her body was, was rejecting the formula, basically. So um, the time was, was very short. Um, and the time on the conference was very short. And we were, we were thinking, we were just despairing at that point, thinking we've come so far with such high hopes to, to miss it. You know, we, we really thought, have we come this far to nearly miss it? Are we going to go home empty-handed? At that point, uh, the lady uh, who came to help us was uh, Leslie Decker, and she was passing through the crash. I had really no idea what was wrong with the child. All I knew is she had a backpack on. And when I came into the room and I stepped over her, here's the backpack, here's the child, and here's this tube. It was awful. She didn't just stumble across us by chance, you know. I believe the Lord set that up. And uh, she came in and she, she knew there was something wrong. And uh, she prayed with us. She realized it wasn't just a tantrum, I think, after a while. And uh, we explained to her the situation. And then she said she was going to go and get Andrew. And so we were alone for a few minutes, um, and finally Hannah just cried herself to sleep in the buggy, and she was calm. She went and asked um, Andrew to come back there, and Andrew and Jamie came in, and it was a real special moment because um, you know it wasn't up the front, and it wasn't it wasn't a, a spectacle, it wasn't a, a show or anything. It was in a, a little back uh, crash room, and um, and it was a real humble experience, you know. And and Andrew just sat down, and and his wife was there, and and he he, he let us just tell him the whole story. He just let us talk to him and tell him how awful it all was and how desperate the situation was and everything that was wrong with her. But our whole medical history just bleh, in about two minutes flat. Whoever we told up until that point, whether it was pastors, um, you know, leaders, whoever it was, mature Christians, they would always be horrified and, oh no. And, you know, they'd be horrified at how bad it was. Um, but when we told Andrew, he just, he just smiled and said, It's a piece of cake for Jesus. This is a piece of cake for Jesus. And this smile crept across his face and I was like... Awesome. <laughs> this guy really believes this, doesn't he? So Father Jamie and I just agree, and we thank you that by the stripes of Jesus, Hannah has already been healed. We believe that she's going to be able to eat and gain weight and become totally normal. She was asleep in the buggy at that time, throughout him praying for her. Now when she woke up, the first thing we said to her when she woke up was, Jesus has healed you. And um, she, as soon as she heard that, she smiled. She said, I want to eat. And I'm like, yeah, now you can eat. She, she, I said to her, so what do you want to eat? She goes, I want some lunch. I want to go to McDonald's. So um, I went and got my boys. I told them, I said, Jesus healed Hannah. And they took it in their stride. They just said, that's great. Now she can eat. In the meantime, we were driving around in a strange city looking for McDonald's. And you'd think there'd be a McDonald's in every city. And uh, we couldn't find it. So we ended up at this KFC. And she said, oh, KFC will do just fine. <laughs> so, okay. We bought her some chicken and she sat there, took bites of the chicken, swallowed it, took more bites, swallowed it, ate some fries, swallowed it, ate some more, swallowed it. And we was all just looking at her in amazement, thinking, wow, she's never swallowed food like this before ever. Chicken nuggets, chips, fizzy drink, cake, ice cream. I mean, anyone who'd been on a fast for that long and suddenly ate that amount of food would be ill, right? Um, every food group possible that could cause any sort of reaction we tested in that first couple of hours, I think. 
but she just stuffed it all in and was just still grinning and running around, bouncing around the restaurant. And by now, I mean, well over an hour had passed. There was no sign of her flaking out on the floor. And normally, a, a, the hour would be up, she'd be on the floor, she'd be ready to be plugged in, back into her energy supply, if you like. She was bouncing off the walls in the restaurant. So I phoned her up and that's when I discovered that they'd gone to um, Karis Bible College to the conference and Andrew prayed over her, Hannah and she'd been healed. And I was just absolutely amazed. I just sat and cried. She got this phone call from Carly. She went to this Andrew Rowe and um, people laid hands on her and she's healed. And I said, what do you mean she's healed? She's healed, she's healed. And uh, we were just jumping, jumping, jumping for joy. We went back to the conference because there was one more meeting in the evening. We'd heard this little cough and we were kind of like, oh no, what's going to happen next? For the first time she just started to choke as if she was going to throw everything up and be sick like she would have done sometimes in the past. The boys were so used to her being sick when they had that little cough, they'd run, run away, sick on me mummy, sick on me and just leg it because they thought they were going to get covered in puke. She just started to choke and straight away I remembered the teaching, you know, don't, don't beg God to stop it, just just commands and I said to her, I said, choking, stop in Jesus' name. She stopped choking and that was that. And then it happened again in the car on the way home. That night it, it happened again. And uh, and again Ashley spoke over her and she was she was perfectly perfectly right as rain, instantaneously. But I know that, that if we'd hadn't have had that grounding, if we'd hadn't had that teaching in our heart, we were kind of we wouldn't have known what to do. And so when the symptoms came back, we would have just thought, oh, are too good to be true, you know, and before you know it, full-blown manifestation of the disease would have been upon her, you know, but because we'd had that grounding, we'd had those, those weeks of teaching where we got the word in our heart, we guarded our heart, we knew that we weren't going to let Satan rob her of her healing. He might try, but he wasn't going to win. And from that day, she's never had um, any medication, she's never had any formula food through a tube, she's never had any uh, doctor's treatment, um, she's off all her medication, um, she's never been ill since then. And she just was happy, totally different child. Happy little girl, just running around. She's still running around. She's still eating. She's still busy, 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 always getting into everything. So, so you know, she, she became the child she was always meant to be. Well, I've got a, a text message here that Ashley sent to me. Praise God. Hannah was healed yesterday lunchtime. She's been eating like a trooper since. KFC, sweets, yogurts, crisps, cheese, chocolate spread sandwiches with no problems. She has been healed. Make no mistake, Jesus has healed her 100%, just like the word tells us so. 1 Peter 2.24. Glory to God. But I believe until, I, until you actually experience a miracle close to you, um, like happens with Hannah, you can't really say, well, personally, I couldn't really say, yes, miracles do happen. And so I can say, miracles do happen. But when we went back to the hospital to have the tube taken out, um, they did all sorts of examinations and blood tests and things. And the unusual thing with Hannah was, aside from this rare disease, she also had a blood clotting disease. We didn't find out this out until she had her first surgery to put the tube in. Um, 
but it's a very rare blood clotting disease that only one in maybe one or two million children have. Um, and they did a whole battery of blood tests. They came back with these blood tests and they couldn't find it. That had gone too. So we're like, praise the Lord. But we had all these, we had all our best arguments ready that if they were to come with these bad results, because we just kind of expected them to come out with bad results because they just always did. We were just ready to hammer them with a word and say, no, we're not having that. Just ready to, any, any little word from the doctor that was negative, we weren't having it spoken over our daughter. We were about to rebuke it in the name of Jesus. <laughs> we were like, right there, ready. And they just examined her and the doctor, I, I mean, I've worked in the medical profession and never in my career have I seen anything like this. The doctor looked at Hannah, looked at these test results and just physically stepped back and looked at her and she said, you're perfect. There's nothing wrong with you. And Hannah just smiled at the doctors and said, I know I'm perfect. Um, so they just said she was perfect then, which was great. And um, they, they gave a general anaesthetic, they removed the tube, and uh, she came to and she was absolutely fine. And she's been fine since. This is Hannah's bedroom. Um, these are all her things. Oh, here he is. Here's the dog who had a tube in his tummy. I don't know if he has, he bears the scars of it. It kind of went in, went in there. That's where a doggy had a little tube in his tummy and then he got healed too. <laughs> now when Hannah was sick, she used to insist on praying for herself at bedtime. Most of our boys, um, they like to, us as parents to pray for them and, and pray that they don't have any bad dreams at night. But before Hannah was healed, when she was still really, really sick, she used to insist on praying for herself. And every night she'd pray the same prayer. She'd just thank Jesus that he loved her and that he had made her better. This is before she was healed. So she had a revelation on healing way before we did. The healing journey of Hannah Teredes begins with a terrible disease called eosinophilic enteropathy. It also begins with the journey of an Andrew Womack teaching tape sent to England in 1990. This tape was lost until February 2006, when suddenly it became the key to a whole new life for one very sick little girl. This is Hannah's story. Right from day one, we knew that Hannah was going to be special. Um, but she wasn't feeding. She'd take maybe a couple of sucks of her formula and then she would just not be interested. Or she'd drink any, she'd then vomit it straight back up again. She'd be constantly waking at night time. She wouldn't settle. And then when she did go to sleep, she'd be waking up, just screwing her legs up in pain. And then out would, would come all the formula that she'd drunk during the day. And we realised Hannah was ill. And we realised she was seriously ill. She was a funny colour. And I didn't say anything to Carly at the time, but I felt uneasy about what she looked like. She used to wake up in the night absolutely screaming in pain, and people would say, well, that's just colic. As grandparents, we were quite worried about her. When we used to babysit her, um, she used to wake up with, with terrific pains. We didn't know what to do. And just to see her suffer the way she was at the time, it was heartbreaking. And then when it came to weaning her, she couldn't swallow lumps at all. So we'd have to mash her food down. Um, and this was even when she was like uh, three years old. What is this problem, you know? And, and Carly said to me, you know, it's like they don't know enough about this. 
This is Hannah's personal child health record. In it is recorded her weight and height for her age. 11 days is the first marking there. This red line in the centre here would be what an average child should weigh and this red area at the top and at the bottom is like a danger zone. So if the, if the marks fall within those lines then there's a severe problem. Um, as you can see from Hannah's little marks down here, she never quite made it onto the graph. And at the age of about three and a half, she was about the same size as a nine-month-old baby. Some people were telling me that, um, you know, God wanted a healer, but sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. I was, I was getting all different types of advice, um, some extreme. Some advice was saying, well, maybe you've done something, maybe this is judgment on you. A lot of religious teaching to say that, that God takes um, lives away and, you know, maybe God wants you in heaven more than, he, more than on earth and, and things like that. So eventually, um, we'd had all kind of tests done at the local hospital. They referred us to a, a specialist children's hospital in London and they put a camera down her throat when she was under anaesthetic and they, they took some biopsies. And when the biopsies came back, they said that she had a really rare autoimmune disease called eosinophilic enteropathy. On one hand, it's an allergic type reaction. And then on the other hand, she had another part of the disease which was autoimmune based. So her immune system would go into overdrive whenever she she ate something, it would go into overdrive, thinking it was like some sort of foreign invader and attack it. She started um, deteriorating. She was always very, very small, but now she started losing weight um, and her hair was getting brittle and her, her skin started going like translucent and she lost energy. She was toilet trained and she lost that and she couldn't really play properly. She just deteriorated and I suppose the last six months um, was the worst. She, she really went downhill and they tried several different um, extreme methods to feed her. The last one was they went to the, the tube directly into her stomach. Actually, we were taking um, the, the boys up to my mum's. She lived a few hours away. She was going to look after them while Hannah went to have her operation to have her tube fitted into her stomach. But they'd got a car that didn't have um, a CD deck in it, only had a tape deck. And she said, Ashley said to me, have you got anything, any resources in your drawer that I could borrow? So I dug some stuff out and I said, well, I've got some real oldie stuff, if you want it, right at the back of the drawer. I said, I don't know if you want to listen to it, though. I said, because your father-in-law got fed up with the accent on this tape that he wouldn't listen to it anymore. And we put it in and, and this, uh, this like, squeaky American accent came out. <laughs> and um, it was Andrew's tape, Your New Identity in Christ. And when we listened to that tape, it was like all these scriptures just opened up to us. And when I read it for myself, like Psalm 103 and, and, and 1 Peter 2.24, just all them things, by his stripes you were healed. You know, he's the Lord. He, he heals all our diseases, redeems us from the curse. All these things. Sickness was a curse that we'd been redeemed from. All these truths just came flooding out. And it's like that one tape just opened the whole world up to us. God gave us revelation after revelation of, of the true nature of, of his nature, of, of um, who we were in him, of his will about healing. And um, I went home and went on the internet and downloaded lots and lots of teaching, God Wants You Well series, all free from Andrew's website, and listened to them over and over. And Ashley would download all these teachings onto my MP3 player, and I'd, I'd be laying in the hospital bed next to Hannah, kind of getting all this revelation. Like, are you listening to this, Hannah? <laughs> you know, God wants you well. You've been healed, and we just got to receive it. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, I tried sharing this with, with other people, but they just they were just kind of didn't really get it, and they were just like, yeah, but you you got to be careful because what about those people that what that aren't healed? 
you know, you look around you and not everyone is healed. So how can you say that it's a simple thing? I'm like, yeah, but it is a simple thing. I know the problem isn't with God. And this was a major breakthrough for us because we started to have confidence in the fact that God's will was to heal our daughter. And this coincided with they, they put the tube in her to feed her. This is a, a special medical formula. Um, it's very, very expensive. It's about 90 pounds of tin at the time when Hannah was using it. It's hypoallergenic, it's just amino acids. Basically, she had this because her body couldn't accept any protein, so the idea is that it would trick the body into thinking that it wasn't accepting a protein so that it should be able to absorb the nutrition and grow. This was the pump that would pump the formula through the tube and into her stomach. The pump would be strapped into these straps here. So most of the time, we would slot this bag into a little children's trolley, like a, like a pull-along suitcase on wheels. She was so good with this pack in the back. She used to, I remember she used to carry along, sometimes dragging in the floor, you know. I can just see her there, you know, um, very, very fragile, um, but she still have, well, she's a, she's a lovely, lovable child. Um, so this wasn't treatment, this wasn't going to make her better, but this was going to sustain her. At least she might start putting on weight. So when we first took her home, it was starting to work. Um, but then, um, about two days later, I think we took her home on the Friday, by the Sunday, um, she was vomiting again and she was reacting to it and she was going downhill again and it was clear that it wasn't working. We've been listening to all these teachings and uh, we just knew that the crunch time was coming, that, that somehow this had to happen, this healing had to happen soon because she was running out of time. At Andrew's teaching, he was the only man I'd heard who was confident that God wanted my daughter healed. No one else I talked to had that confidence. They were all maybe. So, but Andrew said, God wants your daughter well, you know, on his tapes. So I, I wondered if I could, I could meet him. So I went on the internet and um, I looked on his schedule and it had one conference in the UK. It said the 16th of March. The conference was the next day. And I mean, that, that blows me away. That, that's just, God is so, so good. So um, we, we, we put her straight in the car, we drove up to, uh, to Walsall where the, uh, where the conference was. You can't take your baby out of hospital and take your children out of school and just go to the middle of nowhere to see someone you've never heard, that no one's ever heard of, that we knew of anyway, <laughs> and um, to this conference. It's, it's irresponsible, you know? But, we, but just, it was inside, it's like, no, God put everything in place. And, and we, at that point, we were going to go for this. My faith at the time was, if only I could get... Um, Andrew to pray for her and it wasn't that I was putting my faith in the man I was putting my faith in God I know that but he was the only man who believed it enough and I wanted to go and see him so he, he could you know he could pray for her and I knew it was going to be the Lord that's healed her. When we first got there it was a real struggle because Hannah was particularly sick she would just lay at our feet in the conference on the floor attached to her feeding tube and she had a little DVD play with headphones until she'd got just too uncomfortable. So we was going up to the conference in the view of getting Andrew to pray for her. The opportunity never arose. After each session there was always a ministry time where Andrew would get the students to pray for people. And every time we tried to go forward with Hannah to get her prayed for, something would happen. And we never got to get at the front. But she was in so much pain, um, she wouldn't stop screaming, she wouldn't stop, stop crying. We couldn't comfort her. She was rolling around on the floor in pain. Now a lot of the other parents thought, She's having a tantrum and, and we were looked on a bit as, you know, get, get control of her, but there was nothing we could do to console her. We tried everything. We went in the creche room to get away from the auditorium to be a bit quieter. This was the last day now. Um, she hadn't been prayed for. She was getting worse. 
and um, I was getting mixed up emotions and, and part of me was feeling um, just just despair and, and I was feeling um, at the end of myself, if you like, with this. And I was thinking, if this doesn't work, then, you know, there's, this, this was my last resort, if you like. And, um, and I, I, I didn't give up on God, but I was thinking, maybe we've gone too far, maybe this isn't going to work. We knew that her body was, was rejecting the formula, basically. So um, the time was, was very short. Um, and the time on the conference was very short. And we were, we were thinking, we were just despairing at that point, thinking we've come so far with such high hopes to, to miss it. You know, we, we really thought, have we come this far to nearly miss it? Are we going to go home empty-handed? At that point, the lady uh, who came to help us was uh, Leslie Decker, and she was passing through the creche. I had really no idea what was wrong with the child. All I knew is she had a backpack on. And when I came into the room and I stepped over her, here's the backpack, here's the child, and here's this tube. It was awful. She didn't just stumble across us by chance, you know. I believe the Lord set that up. And uh, she came in and she, she knew there was something wrong. And uh, she prayed with us. She realized it wasn't just a tantrum, I think, after a while. And uh, we explained to her the situation. And then she said she was going to go and get Andrew. And so we were alone for a few minutes. Um, and finally, Hannah just cried herself to sleep in the buggy and she was calm. She went and asked um, Andrew to come back there and Andrew and Jamie came in. And it was a real special moment because, um, you know, it wasn't up the front and it wasn't, it wasn't a, a spectacle, it wasn't a, a show or anything. It was in a, a little back uh, creche room and, um, and it was a real humble experience, you know. And, and Andrew just sat down and, and his wife was there and, and he, he, he let us just tell him the whole story. He just let us talk to him and tell him how awful it all was and how desperate the situation was and everything that was wrong with her. But our whole medical history just blah in about two minutes flat. Whoever we told up until that point, whether it was pastors, um, you know, leaders, whoever it was, mature Christians, they would always be horrified and, oh no, and you know, they'd be horrified at how bad it was. Um, but when we told Andrew, he just, he just smiled and said, It's a piece of cake for Jesus. This is a piece of cake for Jesus. And this smile crept across his face and I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> this guy really believes this, doesn't he? So Father Jamie and I just agree. And we thank you that by the stripes of Jesus, Hannah has already been healed. We believe that she's going to be able to eat and gain weight and become totally normal. She was asleep in the buggy at that time throughout him praying for her. Now, when she woke up, the first thing we said to her when she woke up was, Jesus has healed you. And um, she, as soon as she heard that, she smiled. She said, I want to eat. And I'm like... Yeah, now you can eat. She, she, I said to her, so what do you want to eat? She goes, I want some lunch. I want to go to McDonald's. So um, I went and got my boys. I told them, I said, Jesus healed Hannah. And they took it in their stride. They just said, that's great. Now she can eat. In the meantime, we were driving around in a strange city looking for McDonald's. And you'd think there'd be a McDonald's in every city. And uh, we couldn't find it. So we ended up at this KFC. And she said, oh, KFC will do just fine. <laughs> so, OK. We bought her some chicken and she sat there, took bites of the chicken, swallowed it, took more bites, swallowed it, ate some fries, swallowed it, ate some more, swallowed it. And we was all just looking at her in amazement thinking, wow, she's never swallowed food like this before ever. Chicken nuggets, chips, fizzy drink, cake, ice cream. I mean, anyone who'd been on a fast for that long and suddenly ate that amount of food would be ill, right? 
Um, every food group possible that could cause any sort of reaction we tested in that first couple of hours, I think. But she just stuffed it all in and was just still grinning and running around, bouncing around the restaurant. And by now, I mean, well over an hour had passed. There was no sign of her flaking out on the floor. And normally, a, a, the hour would be up, she'd be on the floor, she'd be ready to be plugged in, back into her energy supply, if you like. She was bouncing off the walls in the restaurant. So I phoned her up and that's when I discovered that they'd gone to um, Karis Bible College to the conference and Andrew had prayed over her, Hannah and she'd been healed. And I was just absolutely amazed. I just sat and cried. She got this phone call from Carly. She went to this Andrew Rowe and um, people laid hands on her and she's healed. And I said, what do you mean she's healed? She's healed, she's healed. And uh, we were just jumping, jumping, jumping for joy. We went back to the conference because there was one more meeting in the evening. We'd heard this little cough and we were kind of like, oh no, what's going to happen next? For the first time she just started to choke as if she was going to throw everything up and be sick like she would have done sometimes in the past. The boys were so used to her being sick when they heard that little cough they'd run, run away, sick on me mummy, sick on me and just leg it because they thought they were going to get covered in puke. She just started to choke and straight away I remembered the teaching, you know, don't, don't beg God to stop it, just just command and I said to her, I said, choking, stop in Jesus' name. She stopped choking and that was that. And then it happened again in the car on the way home. That night it, it happened again. And uh, and again Ashley spoke over her and she was she was perfectly perfectly right as rain, instantaneously. But I know that, that if we'd hadn't have had that grounding, if we'd hadn't had that teaching in our heart, we were kind of we wouldn't have known what to do. And so when the symptoms came back, we would have just thought, oh, too good to be true, you know, and before you know it, full-blown manifestation of disease would have been upon her, you know, but because we'd had that grounding, we'd had those, those weeks of teaching where we got the word in our heart, we guarded our heart, we knew that we weren't going to let Satan rob her of her healing. He might try, but he wasn't going to win. And from that day, she's never had um, any medication, she's never had any formula food through a tube, she's never had any uh, doctor's treatment, um, she's off all her medication, um, she's never been ill since then. And she just was happy, totally different child. Happy little girl, just running around. She's still running around, she's still eating. She's still busy, 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 always getting into everything. So, so you know, she, she became the child she was always meant to be. Well, I've got a, a text message here that Ashley sent to me. Praise God. Hannah was healed yesterday lunchtime. She's been eating like a trooper since. KFC, sweets, yogurts, crisps, cheese, chocolate spread sandwiches with no problems. She has been healed. Make no mistake, Jesus has healed her 100%, just like the word tells us so. 1 Peter 2.24. Glory to God. But I believe until, I, until you actually experience a miracle close to you, um, like happens with Hannah, you can't really say, well, personally, I couldn't really say, yes, miracles do happen. And then I can say, miracles do happen. But when we went back to the hospital to have the tube taken out, um, they did all sorts of examinations and blood tests and things. And the unusual thing with Hannah was, aside from this rare disease, she also had a blood clotting disease. 
we didn't find out this out until she had her first surgery to put the tube in. Um, but it's a very rare blood clotting disease that only one in maybe one or two million children have. Um, and they did a whole battery of blood tests. They came back with these blood tests and they couldn't find it. That had gone too. So we're like, praise the Lord. But we had all these, we had all our best arguments ready that if they were to come with these bad results, because we just kind of expected them to come out with bad results because they just always did. We were just ready to hammer them with a word and say, no, we're not having that. Just ready to, any, any little word from the doctor that was negative, we weren't having it spoken over our daughter. We were about to rebuke it in the name of Jesus. <laughs> we were like, right there, ready. And they just examined her and the doctor, I, I mean, I've worked in the medical profession and never in my career have I seen anything like this. The doctor looked at Hannah, looked at these test results and just physically stepped back and looked at her and she said, you're perfect. There's nothing wrong with you. And Hannah just smiled at the doctors and said, I know I'm perfect. Um, so they just said she was perfect then, which was great. And um, they, they gave a general anaesthetic, they removed the tube and uh, she came to and she was absolutely fine. And she's been fine since. Hannah's bedroom. Um, these are all her things. Oh, here he is. Here's the dog who had a tube in his tummy. I don't know if he has. He bears the scars of it. It kind of went in, went in there. That's where a doggy had a little tube in his tummy, and then he got healed too. <laughs> now, when Hannah was sick, she used to insist on praying for herself at bedtime. Most of our boys, um, they like to us as parents to pray for them and, and pray that they don't have any bad dreams at night. But before Hannah was healed, when she was still really, really sick, she used to insist on praying for herself. And every night she'd pray the same prayer. She'd just thank Jesus that he loved her and that he had made her better. This is before she was healed. So she had a revelation on healing way before we did. Imagine having to take in a gorgeous sunset one cloud at a time. Imagine seeing the world through a straw. You've just experienced rod cone dystrophy, a rare and incurable disease which often leads to blindness. This is the story of Bianca, a young woman in Norway, and her fight to have her eyes open. When I was a child, I could see everything, but the field was going smaller, 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 smaller. And at the end, I only had the vision here in the central part. In 2008, I had the last examinations, and then they told me it was 10, and there it was only 15% left. It was nothing you can do about it, and it was a serious problem, it can be worse. Almost blind or blind. No, that was not a nice doctor's report. During this time, Bianca and Gerd attended a small church in Hamar, where they met Robert and Elizabeth Muren. Bianca was attracted to Elizabeth's Christ-centered confidence and had to know what her secret was. She gave me her visit card and then she wrote on the back sides, go to the website of Andrew Womack because we have learned a lot of it. It changed my life and I think it is what you need. We were sitting there and saw the first teaching and it was the starting of the teaching, Spirit, Soul and Body. When I hear it, I think, why does I struggle 20 years to figure it out? And now I'm hearing all of it, and that's all I need. It was a big revelation. And it totally, totally changed our minds and our lives. 
after that, we saw some other teachings. God wants you well, and also you have already got it. We heard so much new thing, and we heard that God has do everything already, and uh, it was a very big change in our life. Now I realize that, okay, my eyes, I don't need to have this. Why I have these eyes if God already done it? He, it is finished. This is our third tape in a series that I have entitled, You've Already Got It. And this tape is entitled, It's in the Spiritual Realm. The first two tapes... All throughout her house, Bianca posted scriptures of God's promises to help keep her mind focused on all Jesus had provided. One day, this paid off when Andrew's revelation finally became her own. I was sitting and reading the Bible, and then I realized that, wow, what I have, it's so amazing. And I just started to praise God about it and thank Him for everything He's done and that He don't need to do something to heal me, that He did already do that on the cross. Andrew told, just speak to your problem. So I actually speaking to my eyes and say, eyes, you were healed in the name of Jesus. So you must see. You must see now, you are healed, you know? <laughs> and then I opened my eyes and it was just like, it was clear and unclear, but it was coming and coming and going. But I was just praising God. I closed my eyes again and I was praising God and thanking Him for what He has done. And, and then I, I told my eyes again, you are healed in Jesus' name. And then I was opening my eyes and they were totally clear. I could see everything. And I think, wow, that is so amazing. I could see the trees outside, the flowers, the, everything. It was so good. I thought I can see Gert. He was working 30 kilometers from our house. So I drove with the car to see him. And then I told him, hey, you, go with me. And then there was standing a car maybe 20 meters, I don't know. And I told him, uh, you know that sign? And I take the numbers of the sign of the car. And he looked at me, what's happened? I'm healed. <laughs> I can see everything. It is so strange. And we were so glad and I testing it out whole day. The first week I had actually a headache because I seeing so much. I was totally healed, but in the days after, sometimes it just going back to the old. I was looking and then, oh, it's not clear anymore. And then I felt like it's going till the old again. I was mad about my eyes because it was like the devil is knocking, see if I'm opened. And I say, no, I'm closed. <laughs> and I say it, Lily. I am close, I am healed, so eyes you must see in Jesus' name. And then, whoosh, it's opened again. But it's happened a couple of times. But now it's fine, it's never coming back again. Bianca and her family have been forever changed after Andrew's teaching pointed them to the true gospel. Not willing to keep this to themselves, they share Andrew's message with their church every Tuesday, often accompanied by Robert and Elizabeth. To this day, they are good friends. They have also shared Andrew's teachings with Maud, a young girl who was staying with them. She was really struggling in her life. 
And then she moved to Los and uh, three weeks later, she became born again. We bought him some books in Holland. The new you and the Holy Spirit. It was a new process. And now, in August, she is moving out to going to Carriage College in Belfast. It was very nice for us to see this change so fast and to deliver a young girl to this Bible school. It was the best for us what we can think of. And Maud was only the beginning. Bianca and Gerd are starting a ministry to help struggling young mothers in Norway keep their baby as an alternative to having an abortion. Their idea was inspired by Water Springs Ranch, an organization supported by Andrew Womack Ministries that provides Christian homes and nurturing to abused and neglected children. From seeing life through a straw to a vision certified better than 2020, Bianca now sees the world with eyes of love and compassion. Thanks to the free teachings made available by Andrew's partners, Bianca has had both her physical and spiritual eyes opened. She now uses her testimony to help others see the free gift of God's unconditional love and grace. I was coming back from a business appointment, and it was really a bad day. I mean, it was snowing, it was cold. As I was driving up the road, I felt the Lord wanted me to take a different way home. When I passed that exit, I thought, boy, I, th I think I should have went that way, but I'd, there was nowhere to turn around and go back. I saw this lady off into the ditch. I felt the Lord say, she's okay, Scott, just keep going. And I thought, well, you know, being a good Christian, I should just go and see if everything is going to be all right there. I stepped out of the truck and I thought, boy, this is a dark, dark place. And I looked under her vehicle to see if it's a place I could hook up my towing belt. As soon as I lifted up to take a look, I was hit. For nearly 20 years, Scott and Diane Peterson were partners with Andrew Womack Ministries. They knew the teachings of God wants you well, the believer's authority, and spirit, soul, and body. What they didn't know was that Scott's life would depend on these very truths when a horrendous car accident pushed him to the point of death. This is the healing journey of Scott Peterson. Scott learned why the Holy Spirit had urged him to return home a different way when another vehicle slid from the road and smashed him between the stranded cars. In addition to blunt trauma, Scott suffered hypothermia and would have died on the side of the road had it not been for a nursing student who happened to be driving home early from school. I remember a lady right in front of my face telling me to look at her eyes. He was crying out, you know, I love you, Jesus. I love my family. I love my wife. Please tell my family I love them. I said, I will tell them, but you're going to tell them too. When we rolled him, that's when Scott lost consciousness. When we got to the hospital, he was unconscious. He had tubes everywhere. I didn't know what to do, but I just grabbed his hand. I said, you're healed by the stripes of Jesus. And whatever this is, I said, you're healed, and I'm here. The first time I saw Scott, it was in the operating room. Very early on, it looked very grim uh, because of how many surgeons were in the room, um, unable to stop the bleeding. I remember um, one surgeon, the vascular surgeon, coming in and saying, there's no hope for this leg. 
The surgeon comes out. He looked at me with just the grimmest look ever. He said he is critically, critically ill. They said, we're probably going to have to take his leg in order for him to live. And I just started, like, I got all pale. And he's like, ma'am, are you okay? Come back here. Because I, like, ran out of the waiting room, and I was screaming. Scott's diagnosis included sepsis, collapsed lungs, and a severed femoral artery, which bled out 29 units of blood, three times his body's capacity. Knowing they could lose him at any moment, the doctors urged Diane to sign off on amputating his right leg, an operation she knew was not God's best. Before making a decision, Diane called Andrew Womack Ministries, where she received prayer from Caroline Hesch, a wife who had also stood against death when it came for her husband, Mike, in the form of a massive tumor. Mike found his cure within the teachings of You've Already Got It, and from that revelation, Caroline confirmed what Diane felt in her spirit. Your word is true, and your word declares that Scott will live. He will not lose his leg. She declared he would not lose his life or his leg. So when I came back, I was kind of charged up and said he's not going to lose his leg or his life. And she stood up to doctors when she didn't think she could because Scott was unconscious, and she kind of had to figure it out on her own and trust in God. I remember just hanging on and hanging on and thinking, I, I've got to hang on. I just got to hang on. But I couldn't speak. I couldn't fight other than resist dying. Everything with your five physical senses just said death and it said hopelessness. But I, I had to tap into what God's Word said. So I just opened up to Psalm 91 and I read it and then I read it out loud again each time that I spoke that and read that psalm out loud, I gained some strength. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That came alive to me. I felt that the Lord spoke to me. He's going to be okay. God said Scott would be okay, but that did not mean his healing would be automatic. Due to the severity of his case, Scott was airlifted to the University of Michigan Hospital where they faced spiritual darkness like never before. Even though I was not conscious, I could hear people talk. And I could hear doctors saying, I don't think you'll be here tomorrow. There was one day that the whole entire floor died. All the way down at the end of the hallway, a person died in that room, and then the next room, and then the next room, and it was consecutive. I think it's 2 Corinthians, for we live by faith not by what we see. And we saw so much of what could have brought us down. We prayed over Scott and prayed over his room. Whatever that was, it skipped his room and kept on going consecutive room by room. And the whole floor ended up dying that day. I remember asking the nurse one night about his liver and how things were working. I said, I'm sorry I'm asking so many questions. I'm just trying to understand some things. But she said, that's okay that you have so many questions. She says, I understand. He's the sickest person in here. And here it is, the trauma unit, the sickest part of the hospital. I mean, people are dying all the time. And he's the sickest person. A few days later after that, he vomited. And it went into his airways. And they said... There's nothing else we can do. He will not survive. 
and these thoughts kept coming to me. God said he was going to be okay, and he was going to be okay, but now that this has happened, it's not going to be okay, because that was before. I called Andrew Walmack Ministries again. We had met Mark Harrison, and he was also over our partnership. He told me this song by John Waller called Our God Reigns Here. Have you ever heard of it? I said, no. He said, well, look it up. The first words are, spirit of death, you have no place here. I command you to leave in Jesus' name. That kind of set the whole stage for what was about to happen. Three days after the aspiration, he had flatlined. He had no blood pressure, no heartbeat, nothing. I felt like there was no more fight left in me. I finally was gone after all these battles. And I remember walking in like a mist, a cloud or a mist, but at peace. And I played that song on the computer that that was the only thing I could do. And I noticed this light off to my right. I turned towards that light and Jesus was turning. It's like we were, I was turning towards my right, he was turning towards his left, and we just met right there. I got so into it, I was just singing the words, shouting them out, spirit of death, you're not welcome here. And just, I was shouting them that, I was shouting them out. And like, air punching, you know, you don't belong here, and and I command you to leave in Jesus' name. He said, you have to go back or you're going back. But it wasn't like, you know, get out of here, one of those things. It was, it was just like I, I knew somebody was bringing me back. Amy looked up and she said, look, he's starting to stabilize. And I had heard so many bad things at that time. I looked at her and I go, what does that mean? <laughs> and she goes, oh, that's a good thing. You know, he's he's coming back. He's got a heartbeat again. And I, oh, <laughs> okay. You know, um, I didn't really know what to think. Scott was alive, but just barely. As his symptoms continued to get worse, Andrew asked his friend and former Karis instructor, Mike Gagner, to minister to Scott and Diane. Before pastoring a church in Michigan, Mike and his wife Rosie started what is today known as Healing School. They were also instrumental in the healing journey of Lance Welgen. Lance, we got him into school, we prepped him with the Word, and he just got healed. He just received, but Scott's was such a traumatic injury. It was a process of walking us through, and they needed help. Pastor Mike came, and uh, he ended up going back and praying for Scott. I had never really recognized in anyone the understanding of authority that he had. What we purposed to do was come alongside of her and continue to ingrain the truth of the word that Scott has already healed. We left the room and we're walking down the hallway together. And he said, did you sense anything in there? And I said, no, (laughs) I didn't sense anything. But I said, whether I sensed anything or not, God's word is true. 
And he said, yes, it is. He says, you are going to see significant change over the next few days. I got a phone call in the middle of the night. And I didn't want to pick up my cell phone because it was bad news if they call you in the middle of the night. So they're like, well, we just had a, a case come in that was very critical and we need another bed. Your husband is the most stable patient and we're going to move him. And I thought, he's the most stable patient. You just told me he was the sickest person in here. So I was praising God that they, he had gone from the sickest person in there in just a couple days to the most stable patient. So they moved him up to another unit. As he was getting stronger and able to talk a little bit more, he would say, I saw the Lord. He said, I was happy to see Jesus, but he was happier to see me than I was to see him. If you ever see those old movies where the guy returns home from the war and his parents see him coming up the road or up the steps and they're happy to see him, it was kind of one of those it's probably the only thing I get emotional about is that situation. Total acceptance and love. And then he said, you have to go back. And then she explained to me about her sister Dawn praying for me. And I said, yep, I was there. <laughs> you know? When he had moved up to that other unit in the University of Michigan, they still had not said for sure whether they were going to be able to keep the leg or not. A lot of the medical stuff was not good, and I started to listen to it. He would get down sometimes, and I would try to encourage him, and I said, you watch. I said, we're going to be on the next healing journeys. Diane and I were in the room just talking. I felt like the Lord walked right in through the door. And I, and I remember him coming in there and telling me things about when I would walk and how I would walk. and. And if I would listen to him, if I would stay focused on him and not listen to the negative reports, that he would bring me all the way back. And that was his desire. From that encounter, Diane and Scott were now more focused than ever to believe God's word over the doctor's report. Diane found inspiration from the healing journey of Audrey Scott, while her husband found new revelation from reading the Bible. I have felt as excited at times with God's Word as I did when I was with Him in person. And I would get such revelation from His Word. I had to put the Bible down and say, I can't go on any further. This is too awesome. He became a preaching machine and he was telling everybody about he was healed, telling everybody about how the grace of God has made him well. Every nurse and every doctor that came in heard it. Things started to really improve and they shipped me out to back to Traverse City to, for inpatient rehab. The therapist at the time said, okay, I want you to put your bad leg over here and your good leg over here, and then we're going to do this and that. He said, I don't have a bad leg. That's a good leg because the Lord has healed me. And he says, I think we'll call it a miracle leg. So from that point on, they referred to it as the miracle leg. It went from a platform walker to a regular walker to parallel bars. <laughs> I'm on a they said that if they did keep the leg, he would never walk again.
Here they come. And I'll let them give the details, but it was just three years ago this month that this man was dead. And he was not supposed to live. He was not supposed to ever walk. And he looks like he's doing pretty good. I wanted him just to share with you. <laughs> we can impact people's lives down here. God's got stuff for us to do. I don't want to miss that. It's normal. It's, it's very normal. We go for walks together. Not so much in the wintertime. He works long hours like he always did, and it's very much like it used to be. He should have died seven different times. I mean, hypovolemia, um, shock, hypothermia, um, sepsis. I think his faith in the Lord played a huge part in all of it. I really do. I think he had some moments with the Lord that were pretty, pretty intimate and gave him that hope. You know, when, when a disaster hits, that's not the time to go to the Bible. See, okay, now let's see, what does the Bible say about this? I need to get some verses together. Scott and Diane knew how to stand in faith when this happened. That wasn't the beginning. Being a partner with Andrew Walmack Ministries during that time in our life meant the world, meant the world to us. Knowing that could always call the phone center, knowing that they were standing with us in prayer, knowing that we could listen to any of the teachings at any time of day, it was just so important to us. I have taught healing over the years. I wish that every believer, if you don't quit, you'll win. You'll win. Of course you want to go to heaven, but it's exciting being down here because Jesus is with us here. We can have heaven down here. <laughs>